If you have your Bible today, I'd like you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. We'll be in Luke chapter 8 again. Luke chapter 8, we will start in verse 16 in just a moment. Luke chapter 8 and verse 16. And I've titled my sermon today, Beware How You Hear. Beware How You Hear. And the theme of hearing and obeying is one that occurs many times in scriptures, especially in Jesus' ministry. You remember in the Sermon on the Plain that we looked at back in Luke chapter 6, uh, Jesus concluded that, that section of teaching with an illustration. And he said that, that the person, the man, the woman, uh, the teenager, even the child, that, uh, that, that hears his words and then does them is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And you remember he, he dug down and, and built on uh, the bedrock, but then he said that the one who hears his word but does not do them are, is like uh, the, the, the foolish man who built his house just up on the uh, surface of the ground. In, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus also uh, actually calls it, uh, just says he builds it on the sand. And, and the point of that, he says, is that, that the storms of life are going to beat against that house. They're, they're gonna, we're going to have times of difficulty in life. And many times, if your house is not built, if your life is not built on the teachings of Christ, your life will end up in shambles. It's just like the house that's built on sand is going to fall. Now, last week we looked at the parable of the soils, which again emphasized the importance of hearing the Word of God and then responding appropriately. And so today's text is it's, it's really a continuation of what Jesus is talking about, but it's not without its difficulties. And I say that because we're, we have all this, all this talk, all this uh, explanation and stuff like that about hearing and obeying and soils and, and bearing fruit and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden the imagery shifts to that of a lamp and it's like Jesus is shifting gears without using the clutch. And, uh, and that's not usually the way that we talk. And I, I don't think that Jesus is going off on some tangent here. I believe this is really a continuation of what he's been talking about. But, uh, but if you found Luke chapter 8 and are able to, I'd like you to stand with me in honor of God's word. And we'll read uh, verses 16 down through verse 21. Jesus says, No one, after lighting a lamp covers it with a container or puts it under a bed, but he puts it on a lampstand so that those who come in may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not become evident, nor anything secret that will not, that will not be known and come to light. So take care how you listen, for whoever has, to him more shall be given, and, who, and to whoever does, not, and whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has shall be taken away from him. And his mother and brothers came to him, and they were unable to get to him because of the crowd. And it was reported to him, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside wishing to see you. But he answered and said to them, My mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. Thank you. you may be seated. Now the first thing that I want you to see in our text today is the purpose of hearing. The purpose of hearing. Now Jesus, uh, as, as I said before, he's been using... A, a word picture to talk about hearing and obeying the Word of God. And he's using the image uh, up until this point of soils. And he says that, that the human heart is like, is like soil, that the, the, word, that the, the Word of God is represented as a seed that it is sown upon, and then that, uh, the, the interaction of the seed and the soil produces different results. And the different results is dependent upon the condition of the soil. And so Jesus in this, in this uh, parable of the soils is really pushing people to hear and, and to have spiritual understanding, to, to have spiritual discernment and to really listen to him. If you have your Bibles open and uh, can look at verse 8, it's not going to be on the screen, but if you look at verse 8 from last week, uh, Jesus says, Other seed fell upon the good soil and grew up and produced a crop a hundred times as great. 
And as he said these things, he would call out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, he's saying there's something about this story I'm telling you besides agriculture. I'm not just telling you a little, uh, a little anecdote. I'm not just telling you a little vignette about a, a man that goes out and sows seed in his field. There's something deeper, something more profound, something more serious going on under the surface. There, there's something you need to dig into. Therefore, you need to pay attention to what I'm saying. Be spiritually discerning. Contemplate these things. Mull it over. Think about it. Apply it to your life. Understand it. And then respond appropriately. And then he goes on in, in verse 9, the disciples, they want to know what the parable means. And, and Jesus says in verse 9, uh, they, they begin questioning him, what does, it mean, what does it mean? Verse 10, he says, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest it is in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now I know that this is all text that we looked at last week, and I'm not going to re-preach that sermon. But I just want to remind you of some of these, some of these images that are being used because it carries over into today's text. And the first part of verse 18 in our text today is really the key to this section, I think. His parable of the lamp has to do with hearing. Now look back at verse 16 if you have your Bibles open. He says, no one after lighting a lamp covers it up. Now they didn't have lamps like we do. They didn't have incandescent bulbs. They didn't have LEDs. They didn't have CFL. They didn't have any of those types of, of lamps. What they had was they would have a, a shallow a clay container, kind of like a little pot, is real shallow, and they would put oil in it, and then they would stick a wick in that and light the wick, and it would give off light. Now, the purpose of a lamp back then was the same as it is today. Why do you turn on a light? You turn on a light so you can see. It serves to illuminate. It, it serves to give light. And how foolish it would be to take a lamp, to, 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 let's say you go into a room, a dark room, and you have a flashlight in your hand, you turn it on, but then you stick it in your pocket. How foolish that would be. How foolish it would be to go into a dark room, hit the light switch, turn on the lamp, and then take a box and put it over top of that lamp. And the reason it would be foolish is because that defeats the purpose of the light in the first place. Now, now what he's talking about here is spiritual illumination. Light serves to illuminate things. And Jesus is talking about having... Uh, the, the Holy Spirit giving us spiritual illumination. It is enlightening our minds, helping us to understand the things of God. And, and, and what he says is the one who receives the word of God, who is that good soil, that person, as they grow in grace, will, will, will gain spiritual understanding. They will receive spiritual light. Why? Not because they're smarter than anybody else, not because of, of any of those external things, but as Jesus said in verse 10, because they have been given to know the things, the mysteries of the kingdom. So then what is the purpose of the light? What is the purpose of hearing? Look at verse 16. He says that one, a person lights a lamp in order to give light to those who are coming in. Said another way, when you respond to the gospel message, as you grow in grace, God will allow you enable you to see the truth of His Word. The purpose of that is not just for your benefit. It's not to puff you up with pride. It's not to be hidden. But rather, it is to share that light with others. Especially in this context, it's to help those who are coming into the kingdom to understand these things, to understand and explain the parables, to, 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 to read the Word of God and to have spiritual insight and to share it with somebody else. The, the, the purpose of hearing is to understand it and to share it, both in word but also in deed, to be obedient to what it says. 
So then the question that we have to ask as we seek to apply this to our own lives is what about you? What about you? Do you have you ever shared something that you've that you've understood? You had spiritual illumination. You understood something out of the scriptures. Do you ever have you ever shared any of that with somebody else? Have you ever maybe explained a parable? Do you ever help somebody grasp the truth? Maybe you're at the other end and you you've understood these things, but you don't help somebody because you're puffed up with pride. Because you have some insight that you don't think anybody else has. Jesus says that, that he puts a lamp on a lampstand so that others coming in may see that light. He gives us spiritual understanding so that others that, that come into the kingdom can see the light. So the, the first thing I want you to see is the purpose of the hearing. The second thing I want you to see is that obedience results in greater light. Obedience results in greater light. Look at verse 18. He says, so take care how you listen. For, here's the reason, whoever has, to him more shall be given. And whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, shall be taken away from him. Because God's purpose of enlightening us, of helping us to perceive spiritual truth, is to let that light shine. Therefore, we need to take care how we listen. And the consequence of hearing or listening well is that you will receive more light. Now, if you look again at verse 18, he says that the one who has, more shall be given, and the one who doesn't have, even what he has will be taken away. Now, that seem, may seem kind of backwards to us, because it seems like the one who has, you don't take away from the one who doesn't have, but you take away from the one who has. But, but understand what he's talking about. Parents, consider, consider this. Let's say you give your kids some instruction. You give them some piece of information that requires an action, a response on their part. But then they don't do it. And then they want some more information. Are you going to give them that information? Well, why would you? Because they've not responded appropriately the first time. Likewise, let's say you have a sum of money. And you have two people. And you give part of that, that treasure, that, that, that resource to one person. You give part of the, 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 the resource to the other person. The first person you give it to, they go out, they invest that money, they, they, they increase it, they use it for the benefit of others. And the other person that you've given the money to, they don't do anything with it, they, 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 don't, they don't invest it, they don't use it for anybody's benefit. In fact, they squander it. If you are the person who is given that, that has entrusted that resource to those two people, who are you going to give more money to? We're going to give it to the person who's made use of it. And, and likewise, or, or conversely, you're gonna, you will retrieve, you'll take back the, the stuff that you've entrusted to the one who squandered it. And that's really a picture of what Jesus is talking about. He says that the one who has, in other words, the one who, who makes use of, who puts, who puts into practice the things that he receives, to him more will be given. But the one who doesn't do that, even what he has, is going to be taken away. Say so another way. Our lives, our spiritual lives, can become stagnant very easily. And what happens many times is there's, our, our spiritual lives should be, should be like a lake in a stream. Because what should happen is, is there's inflow into the, into the lake and then there's outflow in the stream. But what happens many times in our Christian lives is there's intake but there's no outflow. And it's just like the Dead Sea because water comes into the Dead Sea but it's got no outlet. So it just sits there and it stagnates and nothing can live, nothing can survive in the Dead Sea. 
And so what happens many times is Christians will come to church, there will be all kinds of, of, of intake, they will feast on the Word, so to speak, but then there's no outgo. They never serve, they never share, they never minister. And here's the point. We need to be hearers of the Word and doers as well, because if we don't, even, even what we have, the, the, the inside that we do have, will be taken away from us. And when we put those things into practice, we will receive more. And, and what happens many times is, is we, we, we take in, but we don't give out, and our spiritual lives begin to stagnate. It's like that, it's like that puddle of water. There's no rain. There, it's just sitting there in the, in the hot sun, and, and pretty soon the slime starts growing on it. It starts to stink and fester. That's, that's really a picture of our spiritual lives. We, we, we get this spiritual understanding. We, 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 we intake, but then we don't put it into practice. We don't share it with other people. We don't serve or minister any of those things. What we do is we, we, we're like, okay, well, I'm going to go to church. I hope the preacher's fast because I want to get to Cracker Barrel before the Presbyterians do. I want, to get, I want to get out of here because I have these other things to do. But listen, our faith should be married to works. We should hear and we should do. Because if we don't do those things, even what we do have will be taken away. James chapter 1, verse 22, this is uh, James, the half-brother of Jesus. He says, But prove yourselves doers of the word, and not mere, merely hearers who delude themselves. So, so I have to ask you, is your spiritual life stagnant? I, um, I, I read a, a blog post, I think it's from back in 2007, I think is when it was. And the gentleman that was writing the post uh, had a rather earthy uh, illustration. Basically, he said it's, it's like, uh, he says like spiritual constipation. Because what we do is we come and we feast on the word, but then that's it. There, there, no, there's nothing that happens beyond that. There, it, it stagnates. And I believe that the article is called uh, The Church of the Dead Sea, I think was the name of it. So I ask you, do you practice what you've read? Do you practice what you've heard? Because many times people come to church and they'll, they'll, they'll go home and they'll have a roast preacher for, for lunch. They'll, they'll not think about what has been proclaimed. They'll not think about what they've read. There will be intake, but no outflow, and that results in stagnation. Even, even what we have will be taken away if we don't put those things into practice. The last thing I want you to see is right at the end, that is that hearing and doing are key parts in being in the family of God. Verse 19, hearing and doing are key parts of being in the family of God. Now, the last... The, the last three verses record a rather strange incident in the life of Christ. Because here Jesus is teaching, he's preaching, and Mary and his brothers come to him. Now, we don't know anything about Joseph here. Most likely, uh, Joseph has passed away probably at a, at a young age because we don't really see him in the Bible uh, beyond uh, when, when he was a young man he went to the temple. So he probably passed away at a fairly young age in Jesus' life. And in Mark's gospel, uh, I think it's in chapter 4, at one point Mary and his brothers come to him because they think he's out of his mind. They think he's lost his senses, that he's crazy. And so they come to Jesus. Anyway, they, they come to him and word gets to Jesus, your mother and your brothers are here. Now this is just kind of a, a side note, but I notice that he has brothers. So much for the perpetual virginity of Mary that 
that the Catholic Church teaches about. But what is Jesus' response in verse 21? He said, My family, my mother, my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. Now, was Jesus severing familial ties? Was he saying, I'm just, nope, I'm turning my back on them, and that's it? No, of course not. He loved his family. He loved his mother. Even as he was being crucified, he cared for his mother. He made sure that she was taken care of after his death. He entrusted her care to the apostle John. But what he's saying is that being part of the family of God is based on doing and hearing the word of God. Say another way, being part of the family of God doesn't have anything to do with your blood relatives. I'm happy that a lot of people had grandpas that were preachers. It seems like every other person I talk to, when they find out that I'm a pastor, oh, well, my grandpa was a preacher. And I don't know if there were just a whole bunch of preachers back then or what, but everybody had a grandpa that was a preacher. Well, I'm glad for that, but God has no grandchildren. It doesn't matter that your, your mama, rest her soul, taught Sunday school for 40 years. It doesn't matter that your dad served half his life as a deacon. Those are great things. But that's not going to get you in the kingdom of God. Being obedient, hearing and doing what God says, shows you're in the kingdom of God. You're part of the family of God. Those ties that we have to other Christians are not light things. The, things, the, the, the ties that we have to other Christians are, are sometimes stronger than family ties. That means that, like it or not, the people that are sitting right here in this room, that are sitting next to you, that are sitting in, this, in, in the same room as you, those people who are believers are your, are your brothers and sisters in Christ. That means that the believers that, that may be watching this online or, or maybe will watch this another time, they're our brothers and sisters in Christ. And that means that that Christian you meet on the mission field, they are your brother or sister in Christ. It doesn't matter what their skin color is, what their national origin is, what their language is, or any of those other things. When you are a follower of Christ, you are part of the family of God. You may, you may live next to, your, next to your family, your blood family, or you may be many miles away. But listen, you can, be, you can be physically separated from your blood family and you still have family where you are because we are part, as Christians, of the family of God. Now, I know there are people who see church and Christianity as a big social club. They think of it as, as a very, uh, in a very superficial way. But I just, want you to, I just want you to know that believers are brothers and sisters in Christ whether or not we share the same earthly parents. And we need to act that way. It's a blessing. It is. The, now I say we should act like we're family. You may have brothers and sisters that are blood brothers and sisters. And you just shouldn't act like you're a brother and sister. Uh, the way you act towards other Christians should not be the way that you treat them. Because some of us, we have brothers and sisters that we fight like cats and dogs. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is we need to recognize that we are part of the same body of Christ. We're part of the same family of God. We have the same Lord, the same salvation, the same faith. Jesus said those who hear the word of God and do it become his brothers and sisters. So what is the work that God wants you to do? 
John chapter 6, verses 28 and 29. Therefore they said to him, said to Jesus, What shall we do so that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So the very first thing that must be done to be obedient to God is to believe on Jesus Christ. It's to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. God commands all people everywhere to repent, to turn from our sins, and go to Christ for salvation because salvation is found in no one else other than Jesus Christ. Would you forsake your sin and become part of God's family today? If you are a Christian, do you live like it? Do you live like you're part of the family of God? As I said, I'm not, I'm not saying we should, we should be squabbling and arguing with people, but rather we should show love and deference to other Christians. Do you do that? Do you have true fellowship with other believers? Do you meet regularly for corporate worship? Do you regularly hear and do what the Word of God says? I want to stand with me as musicians come. And as you stand, I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I just want to ask you, and again, I'm not, I'm not setting myself up as the, the prime example because I am not. But do you strive to hear, to read the Word of God and then to put it into practice? Or are you like that person that, that, that's a, a hearer of the Word but not a doer? Maybe you go through the motions of, of, of church, you go through the motions of Christianity but you don't incorporate it into your life. Jesus says we need to be hearers and doers as well. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you give us a spiritual light. Help us not be puffed up with pride and think that we're something special if, if maybe we uh, feel that we have some insight that others have, uh, don't have. Help us to understand that that sometimes, um, sometimes what we, honestly, what we may feel like is spiritual insight, we just get it wrong. It helps be open to correction and always to be uh, teachable and learning. But God, help us to, to let our light shine and, and to share what we've learned with uh, those around us, other Christians, those who are not in the, in the faith yet. God, I pray that you would uh, help us all to be better hearers and better doers. If there's somebody who's uh, never accepted Christ as their Savior, God, I pray that you would let them do the works that Jesus talked about and believe on the one in whom you've sent. God, again, we pray for uh, our lost friends, relatives, co-workers. Um, we pray that you'd let us be good witnesses to them. In Jesus' name. Amen.